It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck with me, Clay, and we have been discussing the insurrection committee hearings of the January 6th riot. Democrats are in total freakout mode about it again today, and they're hoping to continue to make this a story. Whenever they want, they bring it back up just to remind everybody of how awful Republicans are. That's the whole point of this. You're all guilty. It's collective guilt. And don't pay attention to Joe Biden being bad at his job and the administration being a failure so far. Also, the CDC has new mask guidance, a reversal, which Clay and I have both been expecting and talking about here. It's why we have not given up the fight over masks and lockdowns, because until it is repudiated, it merely lingers in the background. Fauciism lingers like a virus and as long as it is still within the body of the american people so to speak it can come back at any point in time but there's another big story right now big story today about the olympics number of olympic stories there was a young girl from alaska I believe clay right seven was she 17 who won, 17 17 yeah. won the gold medal that's a great happy olympic story really cool young girl from alaska but there's another story what what we've got the sports are here clay uh, the, is this the biggest individual star in the olympics with simone biles what's going on yeah let me go ahead and give a spoiler alert here because i know people are so confused about the time zones and when things are taking place if you are the kind of person which i know many are who is just like hey i'm gonna put on television at night and watch the olympics i don't care if they're like 15 hour tape delayed or not you can turn down your radio for one sec. I don't want to spoil alert. I, I don't even know if this is still a thing. If a lot of people are able to avoid the news stories of what happened. So it's possible, Buck, this is going to be an even more massive. It's already a huge story, but it's possible after tonight in prime time, it's going to be an even bigger story when it officially airs in the United States. It was on early this morning as well. For those of you who got up early and care about gymnastics, but Simone Biles took herself out of competition. She is the best, to your point, Buck, I think she's the most famous athlete at the Olympics, right? I mean, Michael Phelps, 
Usain Bolt, both obviously huge stars who are not competing at this Olympics. Simone Biles, probably as a result, is, I would bet, the biggest star at the Olympics. And the U.S. women's gymnastics team was the favorite to win the gold medal, and they were competing against the Russians. And Simone Biles pulled herself out of competition, not because she was physically injured, but because she said that the stress, effectively, of the competition had gotten to her. This is the audio cut, Buck, of Simone Biles. I don't remember this ever happening before. She is the best gymnast in the world and has been for the past seven or eight years. Here is her explaining why she pulled herself out of the competition. I say um, put mental health first because if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. So it's okay sometimes to even sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor and person that you really are rather than just battle through it. No, um, no injury, thankfully. And that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest. Look, we, we all have emotional and psychological struggles, Clay. That's just a constant of being a human being. But w- what about your teammates? And w- what about the people that have trained you? It's if you're, you're injured, you're injured, right? I mean, no one's expecting you. You know, if you rupture your Achilles, obviously you're out. I mean, if something bad happens to you, that's sports. That's the world that we all live in. The pressure is too much. I mean, hasn't she already won a whole bunch of gold medals? I mean, look, she can do whatever she wants, but I think people can look at this and say, it's pretty odd. It's pretty weird. And also, how would we respond if Tom Brady suddenly in the Super Bowl said, hey, there's too much attention. I feel too stressed. I'm pulling myself out of the Super Bowl. How would we feel if LeBron James in the middle of the NBA Finals Game 7 said, hey, you know what? It's really stressful right now on the bench. I'm not going to go back in. I'm going to stand on the sideline and root for my teammates. I this feel like is, LeBron actually, LeBron could, <laughs> he, he might do that. He might do that. This is, I think it's fair to say unprecedented to have a athlete who is otherwise physically healthy just decide to pull him or herself out of competition because of the overall mental weight of the sport. And there's going to be a lot of people. The blue checks, of course, have already rallied to Simone Biles' defense and said, oh, it's so brave to why pull is this yourself brave? Why is this brave? I got What's brave about not being brave? Because that's what we're talking about here. This is, you know, oh, you didn't stand up to the bully, so to speak? That's so brave yes. of you. No, I think that's the not brave move. I, look, that I want to open up phone lines because I'm actually curious about that. I think about this from the perspective of being a coach for young kids, right? For my boys. And sometimes if you are coaching young kids in a stressful situation, a kid will say, hey, you know, the bases are loaded. I'd rather not pitch, right? That's not uncommon, you know, in 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old baseball. And as a coach, my natural response is, that's when we need you the most. We need you to work through your stress and your discomfort on the mound, not because of athletics, but because much of life you may well be stressful or uncomfortable. And so my theory here, Buck, on what's going on is I think this is the social media era. I think that we have created a generation of athletes that instead of listening to their coaches Instead of listening to their teammates, instead of listening to their friends and family, they get influenced by the pressure 
and the constant drumbeat of of interactions on social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. And those apps, I believe, are profoundly unhealthy for most teenagers, young people. And because you're a lot of times listening to people who don't know you very well and you allow their perspective on you to overwhelm you psychologically. I don't think it's a coincidence the Naomi Osaka situation, uh, now the Simone Biles situation, that many of these athletes are profoundly unhappy in a social media era in a way that I don't think was as common in the past. Well, but also, I people can reach out. A- people can reach out and and get in your head, as you and I both know, in ways in this current era. You know, I, I remember I, I interned for Dan Rather at CBS Evening News when I was 18 years old. You know, one yeah. of my jobs was there. I mean, as much as one can have a job as an unpaid intern when you're still in high school, I opened up the mail that was sent to. Which, by the way, later on there were actually this. There, this became a uh, a bigger issue down the line when stuff started getting sent in the mail that was really right. troublesome. But, you know, I don't put the mail because that was the only way you could really reach somebody back then. I'm kind of dating myself now, but that's the now. I mean, Clay, we come off the show. I mean, I can't tell you how many times back in the day I would do a, when I used to work at CNN, do a CNN hit. People would say, uh, you know, I hate your stupid, uh, ugly face and oh, you should yeah. go punch yourself and jump out a window. And I mean, if you don't protect yourself from that, you, if you don't, you know, first of all, you got to learn to laugh at it and get a really, really thick skin. But even better than that, just not even engage, not even look at it, not even spend time with it. It's like psych- psychological warfare out there. And for a lot of athletes, you know, who who are famous but ha- have been very, you know, limited perhaps in their in their exposure to a lot of things in the world and have gotten a lot of praise for being so good at a sport, then they get to a certain level and all of a sudden it's not everybody loves you and some people hate you for no apparent reason. That can be a weird thing for people to deal with. Yeah, and and I think, again, I mean, this is not me just having an opinion. If you look at overall youth psychological health, suicide has skyrocketed as the rise of Twitter and Facebook and How Instagram. old is Simone Biles, by the way? I have no idea. 24. Okay. So, I mean, young, but, you know, like, has grown up entirely in, I would say, the social media era. And if you go back, I mean, it's not a coincidence, and look at the rates of teen suicide Starting in about 2008, when Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram all started to take off, the rate of teen suicide has exploded. And I think about this, Buck, from from being a parent's perspective. When you and I were in school, we could come home and we could not be surrounded by school or our classmates all the time. You remember probably getting a phone call at home. Uh, the, 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 having the call waiting, you know, so like if your sister, I had a sister, I had an answering machine with tape cassettes in it, Clay. There you go. Yeah. So did I, but you remember like star six, nine, remember that back in the day, you remember calling movie phone, you remember, but the point on it is not to take us just down a nostalgic, uh, position here. You could get away. It what you might have one friend who called you or whatever, but when you left school, you had a different lifestyle at home. You could have a different worldview. Kids today never, ever divorce from their uh, obsession with their phones and with social media. Well, to disconnect requires discipline now for everyone, yes. for adults, for children. You have to make a conscious effort. You can always live in this matrix of endless information, yes. which can That's start right. to affect your happiness, can start to affect the you know, the neural pathways of the brain can start to make you think differently about things out in the world around you, appreciate 
a lot of things, I, I believe, uh, markedly less. And it's it's an important lesson for all of us. And, and assuming that your thesis here and it sounds it sounds completely reasonable to me, you know, for Simone Biles, it's just a question of the social media pressure. I mean, I, I do have to wonder, though, she, she's kind of a beloved American figure who's had tremendous success. So what is is there something that I'm not aware of? You know, for, for people that are in news talk, for example, what we do. There are people, I mean, right now we got, you know, millions of people listening who, you know, are on team, team Clay and Buck, right? We maybe, got our, we got our people. Well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like yeah. media matters and haters too. But, yeah. you know, 99.9% of them are, are like extended family members and people that know that if they ever see me or Clay, I always say this. You ever see me? I can't speak for Clay. I'm sure he feels the same way. Come up and give me a hug, say hi, high five, whatever you want to do. Um, but, we also get people that absolutely hate our guts because we stand for principles and values that the commies despise right. and, and that they want to continue with the propaganda. Simone Biles. I mean, I, you know, doesn't everyone doesn't everyone love Simone Biles? I guess that's the problem, even with the social media thing that I don't understand. Everyone's like, she's amazing. She's superhuman. How, how does Most that of it is all positive? I just I, I want to hear from people who maybe coach. Little league people who are uh, who are coaching now, because I think about it from the perspective of like a ten or twelve year old that is a kid now. Are we creating a level of uh, there's a there's a balancing act right between keeping someone so cloistered that they're not able to handle the hard aspects of life and also protecting them simultaneously? And how does social media play into this? Because honestly, this is without precedent. I can't ever remember an elite athlete calling out of a game and saying the stress and the pressure of the game got to be too much. I couldn't perform. This feels like the antithesis of what the elite athlete credo or credo rather would be. is. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, look, we, we'll come back to this. Two, uh, 800-282-2882. What do you think about this massive decision in the world of sports? Also, thoughts about the CDC mask mandate, insurrection. We could take, we could take it all this hour. You know... You probably don't think about this. You got to replace your towels. You know, the towels get old, they get sour, they get kind of torn up and stuff. You need to replace them. And having great towels that are absorbent and feel good on your skin means a whole lot. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has the best towels you're going to get anywhere, along with the Giza Dream sheets, the my pillow mattress topper, the my pillows. And with the six-piece towel set, you're getting an incredible deal right now. I just got my dad two of these, uh, Clay, for his birthday, and he did find out about it beforehand because of the show. But that's cool. We don't have to talk about that right now. This set <laughs> is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you really look for in a towel. I just used mine this morning when I woke up, took a shower, used my my towel. The set is two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. What does it retail for, Clay? Thirty nine ninety nine. It typically, however, right now would retail for one oh nine ninety nine. So for a limited time, you're getting an incredible value if you use the code Clay and Buck. Remember, sixty day guarantee, and all you have to do is go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to get this insanely low price of thirty nine ninety nine on the towel set. You'll find deep discounts on other my pillow products as well. Enter promo code Clay and Buck, or call 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I am Clay Travis. I know we're not supposed to talk about things like Buck, like this Buck, but I talk about it. You talk about it. That's why people listen to the show. 
How much does the reaction have to do with Simone Biles' being a girl as opposed to a guy doing this? And the question I just asked on Twitter thinking about it, imagine if Tom Brady says, I feel too much mental pressure to come back for the second half of the Super Bowl. Or LeBron James says, I can't play an NBA Game 7 because I feel too much stress and pressure. They get destroyed, Brady and LeBron James. No question. Like, to the ends of the earth, right? Simone Biles, how much does being a woman limit the criticism that she would get compared to Brady and James? I think that's an interesting angle to examine here. Are we treating her differently than we would treat them? Because my argument is all elite-level athletes, regardless of sex, should be treated the same when it comes to analyzing what they do or do not do in the most pressure-packed moments of their careers. In fact, that's how we typically define the greatest athletes, right? On the biggest stage, how do they perform? And again, it's different if you are injured, although I would admit that one of the most iconic moments in Olympic history, many of you will remember, was Carrie Strug landing a uh, vault on one ankle after she had injured herself on the previous attempt and that helping to lead the United States to a gold medal. That's an iconic moment. I think they put her on the front of Wheaties standing on one foot. If I remember, it's one of, for those of you out there listening right now, one of the most definable, iconic moments in the history. You you tend not to get a Wheaties box when you're like, eh, a little stressful. I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on vacation now. See you guys later. That tends to not be a Wheaties moment, but uh, and Wendy has a great point here in Virginia, Buck, which I hadn't even thought about. Wendy, your point is how hard it is to make the U.S. women's gymnastic team. So many people don't get that opportunity, and then Simone Biles just pulls herself out in the middle of the competition. Yeah, I, I am so disappointed. Um, you work very hard from the time you're five years old as a gymnast to get to that point. She has taken a spot on that team, and I say team. She has, she has to have known the pressure involved having been to the Olympics before. She could have pulled herself out earlier, much earlier, but she's part of a team. Sometimes you just got to man up and, or woman up and do what you got to do. This is an embarrassment to my gender to have someone at this level just pull out. You retire, you don't quit. Well, I appreciate Wendy, that Wendy caught herself there in a in a mansplaining <laughs> yeah, microaggression moment. No, we're just kidding, Wendy. But thank you. Excellent point. Oh my gosh, yeah. You, you know there are people who who get angry at the term "man up." You know that's a thing now among the left. Oh, yeah. But but she's absolutely right, Clay. And this is what we see. This is what the situation is right now. We're going to be told that this is brave. When it is not brave, it's her right. It's fine. Yes. But, I mean, when I say it's fine, like, she can do it. She's not, you know, a bad person for it. It's not like that. But it's not brave. And it's the antithesis of competition, which is finding a way to will yourself to victory, even when it might otherwise be challenging, which is what is representative of the Olympic spirit in general. I think this is just such a fascinating question and a fascinating debate. But I got to tell you, You can get hooked up right now. If you own a home, you better have Home Title Lock because Home Title Lock helps you to protect your home. It is easy for people to come after you and try to take away your home's title. 
That's why Home Title Lock backs you with a million-dollar guarantee. You can register your address now to see if you've already been a victim of home theft. 30 days free when you call 800-708-LOCK, 800-708-LOCK, 800-708-LOCK. Trust me, go there right now and make sure that no cyber thief is trying to steal your home. Again, trust me on this, 800-708-LOCK. That's 800-708-LOCK. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years. And in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is James Golden, or Bolts Nerdly. I hope you're enjoying the podcast series Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB microphone. There's a dozen episodes that will remind you of the greatness of Rush, with so many amazing stories shared. I'm your host of this series, available wherever you listen to podcasts. My Pillow and Tunnel to Towers Foundation are both sponsors. How could 74 million people vote for such a despicable human being as Donald Trump? And I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative, a Democrat or Republican. He is a vile man. He is dishonest. He is divisive. That's what he loves to do, just divide people fighting with each other. He's a racist. And 
he always appeals to the dark side of human nature, which he's very good at, unfortunately. How did they vote for him? That's what this is all about today with the hearings on Capitol Hill about the so-called insurrection. It's meant to be an opportunity for Democrats to show each other how morally superior they are, not to anybody who actually broke the law that day. That goes without saying. To everybody else, just for voting for Donald Trump. You're part of the insurrection. That's what they really think. That's what they believe. You supported the insurrection with your Trump vote. I supported it with my Trump vote. If you don't believe that's where the left is on this, just listen to them. Pay attention to what they say and how they say it. Thanks for being here with us on the uh, Clay and Buck show. I'm Buck, and Clay and I wanted to get some more of your calls. But first, I just want to remind you to please follow us on social media, Clay Travis on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. Sandy in Texas kicking us off here. Sandy, what's up? Well, first of all, I want to say something about Simone Biles, and this is not her first rodeo. She uh, is considered the veteran of this Olympic team. She should have stayed in as a leader and shown that even through her mistakes, she can power through as a team player. I think this exemplifies the narcissistic uh, patterns with today's athletes. And I'm so disappointed in her, but more I'm disappointed for the girls on her team who are not going to be able to probably perform at their best because of this assist, uh, this uh, situation with Simone Biles. Sandy, question for you. I, I asked the question, Tom Brady says he can't come back out for to play with his team in the Super Bowl, not because he's injured, but just because the moment has gotten too big for him. He doesn't feel healthy mentally. Same thing happens with LeBron James, let's say, in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Is Simone Biles getting treated differently because she's a woman? And as a woman, do you think that she should be treated differently? Or should we talk about her, considering she's uh, attempting to be one of the greatest in her sport ever, the way we would talk about other people who are the greatest in their sports, regardless of their gender? Okay, first of all, as a female uh, military veteran, the fact that she would even consider this as a gender issue is just disgusting to me. I'm sick and tired of people falling back on that because of their own failings. Uh, in regards to Tom Brady, he, first of all, Tom Brady wouldn't do that. That's as right. As far as LeBron James uh, is concerned, one, I couldn't care less about the man, but he is definitely uh, <laughs> exemplifies the narcissism in athletes also. Well, Jordan, um, I could use as an example. Jordan and Brady, probably the two greatest team sport athletes of most of our lives, I think that's fair to say, Neither of those men would ever in any way allow themselves to not compete for a championship because of a uh, an issue with their mentality. I'm talking about in the game itself. Jordan, Jordan and Brady, thank you, Sandy, for, for calling into us. Jordan and Brady would go out onto their respective field slash court on bloody stumps if they had yes. to to compete. And we we all know that. That's one of the reasons Certainly why... Certainly in the middle of a game. She pulled her... It's different, I think, if Simone Biles had said, hey... I'm not feeling it for this Olympics, and I'm not going to compete this year. I don't have the same drive, right? I think people would understand that then. She wouldn't have taken a spot from somebody else on the Olympic team. But that's not what she did. She waited until the competition was underway and then pulled herself out of it. Yeah, and and the fact that there are people that are immediately sort of rushing in to defend her. She's going to be lionized. Yeah, this is now... This also just seems like the left likes to do this. You know, free speech means shutting down speech. Bravery means not brave. Equality means not equality. They like to take 
things that we understand as a principle, as, as something that is true in society and flip it upside down for a whole bunch of reasons. Perhaps I could psychoanalyze the left on, on another day at, at another time. But I'm also curious to see what Esther in Minnesota has to say about this. So it's Minneapolis. So I just have a little bit different take on it. Um, I'm going to give Simone the benefit of the doubt for just a moment and say that she's made the most benign statement that the socials can take up in a way that doesn't completely excoriate her and say that maybe there's something really, really going on that she's not shared. Okay. Um, but, but to the rest of the points, the narcissistic athletes or the narcissistic entertainers that we have, um, really they're suffering from an identity crisis. She's been part of a team. She's been in the public eye. She's responsible to the socials. She doesn't know who in the hell she is. Sorry for swearing. She doesn't know who she is. And I don't think that she came to the decision lightly or without consulting with teammates um, because she knows the gravity of the, of the decision. But at the same time, she must be very, very, very confused. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate you from from Minneapolis, which is in Minnesota. Um, You have played sports your whole life, Buck. Yeah. Even though you're not a hardcore sports fan, what would you think if, in the biggest moment of your team's season, the best player on your team asked out and said it wasn't because of an injury? You you would think like he let down the whole team. Extreme. Yes. Yes. Extreme disappointment is obviously what we would all feel. And when you have a circumstance like this, it seems pretty obvious that that's the way it should go. But, you know, to the points about athlete narcissism, it used to be that we knew athletes for what they were really good at doing. Right. You know, whether you're a boxing fan, a baseball fan, whatever the sport was. And that was the thing that they were doing. Now you have people who to to bring this back to the, the conversation about. Uh, the the celebrity that they wield and the social media influence that they have. There are people who are you know NFL players or you know college or uh, basketball players or whatever who have millions of social media followers who then also listen to these people about anything you know yeah. about whatever about politics about life about you know uh, their be you know how to behave in public and how to treat people and you know that's sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's not. And I think more often than not with a lot of these athletes, we think it's not. And by the way, it's also a two-way street, Buck. People listen to those athletes, but wildly, those athletes also listen to what their social media followers tell them. And that can often lead to a guy like LeBron James feeling like he needs to have an opinion on every single viral video moment when he's not that educated on the situation, even though he's spouting off to 50 million people, right? Um, and so I think it's a two-way street. I really wonder how much of this, and again, to, to bring it back to what I was saying earlier about Simone Biles, I think she's reflective of a larger issue that many young people have when it comes to their phones, which is overall, social media has been, I believe, incredibly uh, uh, devaluing to overall mental health. I really do think that. And I think she is a symptom of a larger issue, which we are seeing in the rate of suicide, for instance, that has skyrocketed in this country because people are allowing strangers to define them instead of being defined by both yourself and the people who know you best. I think we should uh, take some more calls here coming up in a minute. 800-282-2882. 
Uh, we've got some closing thoughts for you on the January 6th commission today. The CDC mask change, which I just want to note, it's going to get worse. And those I've been saying this all along. You know, if you think that you live in a red state and it's not your problem, uh, just wait till the federal government gets something. You know, Clay, the Department of Veterans Affairs says you must be vaccinated now. How far we already have the federal government still requiring on federal property masks for people or has been requiring masks for people for a long time. There are a lot of ways, whether you go to an airport or you get into an Uber or any number of things where they're going to try to force that that cloth back onto your face. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, if there's one thing that we've learned since 2020, it's that there's nothing quite as important as a powerful immune system. Over 20 years ago, a naturopathic doctor, Dennis Black of Texas, invented Texas Superfood, the original superfood. I met Dr. Black years ago when I started taking Texas Superfood. It's 55 vine-ripened fruits and vegetables, plus probiotic and digestive enzymes that allow you to build your body's defense from the inside out. I learned from Dr. Black, your immune system's job is to detect, deflect, and destroy bacteria you come into contact with. That's why you need Texas Superfood. It boosts your immune system better than anything on the market. You know how your grandma told you to eat your fruits and vegetables? But with busy schedules and all that fast food out there, a lot of people don't get to it, right? Well, guess what? Texas Superfood is like the safety net for the American diet. If you can't, won't, or don't eat all your fruits and vegetables every day, Texas Superfood was made for you. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. That's TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We are closing up today. Clay, the day flew by as it always does here. We had a bunch of big stories today. And uh, I got to say that uh, the most the White House press conference, which has been uh, going on, not not a lot of very clear messaging from this White House on. Wait, wait a second. The CDC going back on things. What, where, where's this data? You know, one thing we haven't seen is is a huge increase in hospitalizations and deaths the way that we had in the past. So now they're treating cases. I mean, you brought up covid zero before they're treating cases like that's what we need to be willing to do anything to eliminate. But that that doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it can't be all these different things. It can't be you're protected, but the vaccine doesn't work that well. So you have to mask. But if you mask, it'll protect. It's it's just contradictory. Uh, It's a contradictory mess at this point. And the White House can't even make sense of it. Are you suggesting that the CDC doesn't make logical sense, Buck Sexton? I've been I've I've hated the CDC now for 18 months. Join the club. You know, I mean, even in in the zombie movies where the CDC is supposed to always save everybody. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe the zombies are onto something, you know. This is the biggest failure of American public policy in most of our lives. And Jen Psaki's not making any more sense. She said this when asked Still, about this. Then why do vaccinated people need to put the masks back on? Well, Peter, first of all, I would say again, just to go back to this chart, which I will handily point to again. If you were vaccinated, if you were vaccinated, your life, it can save your life. And I think the clear data shows um, that this pandemic is killing, is hospitalizing, is making people very sick who are not vaccinated. That can still continues to be the case, uh, regardless of what the mask guidance looks like. If the vaccines work, which this sign says that they do, then why do people who have had the vaccine need to now wear masks the same as people who have not had it? Because the public health 
uh, leaders in our administration have made the determination based on data that that is a way to make sure they're protected, their loved ones are protected, uh, and that's an extra step given the transmissibility of the virus. Because we say so, peasant, that's what the White House is really saying, Clay, because we told you to, because we don't have a better answer. That question illuminates what is going to be the story over the next couple of months, which is these vaccines are much more akin to flu shots than they are to uh, smallpox vaccine vaccines or measles, mumps and rubella vaccines. Let me I just want to keep reiterating this because what the White House sold us on was this would if everybody got the vaccine, this would effectively end covid. Right. That's what they sold us. And as every month is passing, these vaccines are looking more and more like a prophylactic, not a cure or a therapeutic therapeutic, not even a not even necessarily a full on vaccine. Again, that's what the data is showing. And the White House is telling you that they have access to that data because they're falling back on the mask requirement. Because now they're saying, hey, the reason why COVID is still existing and why cases are going up is because of the unvaccinated and because people are not wearing their masks. That's the storyline that they are going to set. But, Buck, we're approaching 70% of people 18 and over who have received at least one dose of this vaccine. And then if you combine that with all the people who have had natural immunity, like you and I, that's got to be 85% of adults 18 and up in the country, doesn't it? This is why what they're they're really doing is pushing for COVID zero. And this isn't surprising when you understand the mentality from the very beginning here. It was considered in the early stages of the pandemic reckless to to say, oh, my gosh, we're just going to we're going to have all this stuff happening until we get a vaccine. We're going to lock down until vaccine. And then we did pursue a policy that was something Along those lines, it was constant mitigation until vaccination. We said, if you're going to go for perfection, then the logical lens of this would be you continue it even after vaccination because no one thought you were going to get this fully eliminated. And that's where we are. That's what we're seeing. People refuse to accept that this virus is out there and will continue to be out there. And they have created this blame game where, you know, if only, why do they care so much, Clay? I mean, there's so many questions here that never get answers. I mean, we brought up natural immunity. If it works so well, if the vaccine works so well, then isn't it reasonable to say, stop whining? If you're vaccinated, shut up. I don't want to hear about it anymore. You know, don't don't tell everyone you have to mask. Don't tell everybody else what they have to do. You're good. You're protected, as protected as you can reasonably be. But that's not good enough. They're, they're not yeah, willing I mean, to accept that. The difference would be, hey, if you eat healthy, you're not running up to every obese person saying, oh, my God, how in the world did you decide to get ice cream today? In fact, that would be fat shaming, and that's unacceptable, right? We tell individuals to take care of their own individual health decisions. And if you are vaccinated and the vaccine works as well as they have told us the vaccine works, then you can worry about your family, your surroundings, everyone that is near and dear to you. And you wouldn't have to be obsessed with the choices that anybody else is making. But that's not where we are. And that question, I think, perfectly elucidates the internal conflict here between saying, get vaccinated, it works. But also, oh, by the way, you need to wear masks indoors and all kids need to wear masks. And again, 
I hate to keep belaboring the point, but it is significant. Just listen to Buck and I and what we're telling you now and then think a month from now what the conversation is going to sound like because I, I think you probably would agree with me, Buck. We're at least a month ahead of where the data is compared to what the White House is saying right and, now. And there's going to be a push for preemptive mitigation measures, not based on the actual numbers of infections or hospitalizations, but on the desire of this Biden administration to pose as the great heroes of the pandemic, the responsible ones, so to speak. And so that means we have to get ahead of it with mitigation, social distancing, all the whole mantra, the, the, all the COVID theater that we've been subjected to in the past, even with right now the numbers for deaths nationwide are very, very low. It's over 90% down from where it was. And yet they still act like this is a constant crisis. We're, we're going to tackle this again tomorrow, Clay. I'm glad people join us here because at least they're getting honesty from somewhere on this one because they're not getting it from the Democrat-aligned media. That's for darn sure. No doubt. Tomorrow, also, Kevin McCarthy, House Majority Leader, scheduled to join us, and our buddy Will Kane. Loaded show. We're going to have a lot of fun. I can't wait for hanging out with you guys on the Wednesday edition of the program. Come hang with us. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.